Hi, I'm Laura Flanders of The Laura Flanders Show. Watch every week on Free Speech TV, Link TV, YouTube, or if you're in New York, CUNY TV. Prefer to listen? Subscribe to the free podcast at lauraflanders.org. I end every week with a commentary. I call it the F word. Here's this week's. Radical journalist Andrew Kopkind wrote about the Woodstock Peace and Music Fair in August 1969, just days after the event. When we find out we have to fight for love, all hell will break loose, he wrote. Fifty years on, after a night spent largely on that big, wet, now commercialized field in Bethel, New York, I'm pondering what's happened since. What's taken so long? It was fun out there last night at what is now the Bethel Woods Center for the Arts. The 50th anniversary celebrations have attracted loads of wistful, mostly white wannabes as well as faithful 69 veterans back to the original concert site. In our row, an elegant 70-year-old history teacher was sporting a straw hat and a white linen suit as he recalled hitchhiking from Baltimore and the mud. He knew every act. Long after it was a bust, you see, the Woodstock business is still making money. In 24 hours, I've bought a Janis Joplin lunchbox, which I can't help but love, even though it's manufactured by a company that claims to have trademarked her name, and a four-pack of limited-edition Peace and Love Ale from a local brewery from my gas station. It's as contradictory as ever. As Andy wrote, quote, the Woodstock venture was a test of the ability of avant-garde capitalism at once to profit from and control the insurgencies that its system spawns. In 69, insurgency won out, kind of. People looked after each other and were looked after by hog farm anarchists and wavy gravy and Sullivan County farmers. The fences came down, the tickets were ripped up. Still, concert goers teeter-tottered from appreciating army airlifted PB&J sandwiches to chanting with Country Joe and the Fish against the war in Vietnam. One, two, three, four, what are we waiting for? Today the rocking is gale force. Totalitarianism, tie-dyed and trademarked, crushes us between cash and caring, threat and promise, love and angst. The nausea is real, but so is the heart. The body is no cynic. And then as now, we suck in the freaky feel of homemaking or commoning in public, unenclosed. With 10 or 20 or 40 or 400,000, you know you've felt that feeling. Where have you put it? As Kopkind concluded, it was an illusion and it wasn't. The system didn't change. It just accommodated the freaks for the weekend, he continued. What is not illusionary is the reality of a new culture of opposition. It grows out of the disintegration of the old forms and all the inane and destructive values of privatism, competition, commercialism, profitability, and elitism. The new culture is yet to produce its own institutions on a mass scale. It controls none of the resources to do so. But something will survive, because there's no drug on earth to dispel the nausea. Mass politics, it's clear, can't be organized around it, but the urges are roaming. And when the dope freaks and nude swimmers and loveniks and ecological cultists and music groovers find out that they have to fight for love, all hell will break loose. Thank you, Andy. We miss you. My urges are roaming. How about yours? You can see a mashup picture of me at Woodstock and a picture of that Janis Joplin lunchbox, as well as a rebroadcast of a popular interview with music producer Danny Goldberg about the hippie revolution and a performance of climbing poetry on our show at the website. That's www.lauraflanders.org. And thanks. Thanks.